2: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Also at the town hall, President Biden admitted that he has not yet had time to visit the southern border, though his approval rating has. Ooh. Insiders are also saying that during meetings, President Biden repeatedly uses the F word in conversation. More concerning, the F word he keeps using is forget. We mentioned uh, that he, had a, he had a town hall on Friday night in which he apparently changed our official U.S. policy toward Taiwan briefly. Telling Anderson Cooper that we would come to Taiwan's offense if attacked, defense if attacked by China which is not our current U.S. policy and hasn't been for many, many presidents. And uh, and immediately the White House had to put out a statement saying what the president said is not the case. So, wow. And as the Wall Street Journal so,
4: asked... So the commander-in-chief isn't setting the policy whoever put out that statement is?
3: Okay. Well, the Wall Street Journal said, was that on purpose? To, like, rattle China? Or did he, does he just get confused? And if he just gets confused, what message does that send China? What's going on here? And uh, that's a
4: pretty good question. Well, given his several other rather notable gaffes, uh, something tells me he just went off the reservation.
1: True international pressure,
4: which is an expression I'm quite sure I'm not supposed to use anymore. The term constitutional
3: crisis has been thrown around so much during the Trump years, we might have the first. Like, serious, serious constitutional crisis around an, an inca- incapacitated president soon.
4: Well, now he was throwing around fictional tax rates, but there are so many rates. Who can keep track of them? What was the one gaffe that had to be uh, dealt with in real time? Him saying he was going to
3: send out the National Guard to deal with the supply oh. chain issue, and, and and the White House put out a statement. The president does not actually order the National Guard around. That is up to the state governors to do so. Wow.
4: What are you talking about, dude? Wow. He's an incoherent old man. <laughs>
5: I mean, it's just, I mean right? anyway. So, well, and can you imagine
4: if it wasn't little Andy Cooper tossing him marshmallows?? Right. I mean, if it was some hard-hitting reporter making him work? Oy.
3: Well, right, a a a reporter, maybe Anderson Cooper knew this, maybe he didn't, but I think Chris Wallace would have said, "Wait a second, we just made news here. That's a change because the current policy of the United States toward Taiwan is that we will aid their defense, but we will not come to their defense.
4: Necessarily. Right. Strategic ambiguity. Maybe we will. Maybe we will.
3: It would have been pretty fascinating to follow up on Biden in real time and see
4: does he, if he'd have said, what now? Or, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Or what What would he have said? I don't know. I'd love to know. Or you give a guy like Jonathan Carl 10 minutes with the president. I mean, we'd probably have a new president at the end of the day. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Kamala, highly (laughs) amused by that notion.
3: Kamala Harris is, I don't care when she's lucid, she's not better than Joe Biden.
6: Come on now.
3: Wandering around, you know, in his robe. She is useless. Um, Alec Baldwin shot a guy over the weekend? A woman, I'm sorry. Shot Shot a a woman. woman. And And a guy. Bullet went through her and hit a guy. She's dead. It's a rough story. But uh, Michael Malice, who's a... uh, Interesting person out there. He interviewed, uh, I was listening to his podcast over the weekend, and he interviewed one of my favorite people, Ben Dominich from The Federalist. They had a heck of an interesting conversation. But anyway, um, Michael Malice was tweeting about Alec Baldwin, and he got a lot of pushback, but he said a a few things. Um, Working with Alec Baldwin officially has a higher mortality rate than COVID. He tweeted that out. I don't know why, but it's true. as
4: As a percentage, yeah.
3: No need to say it, I don't think. Alec Baldwin's film career was mostly peaceful.
4: That's really not that's
3: not a shot at Alec Baldwin. That's a shot at that whole thing.
4: Share the media coverage of the riots, of course. And then
3: finally, let's be honest, we all thought Alec Baldwin was gonna kill someone one day. That's probably true. That's true too. That's true too. He also (laughs) tweeted this out. Alec Baldwin will have to hear for the rest of his life. The difference between you and Donald Trump is that Donald Trump never killed anyone. Wow. That's just mean spirited. Not Alec Baldwin's fault. Could have happened to anybody. What a sucky situation to be in. Of course it's suckier for the Husband of the dead woman
4: and her child. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. You know, as as loathsome as Alec Baldwin is capable of being, he appears to be perfectly blameless in this. Oh but yeah, judging yeah, yeah, yeah. by what's been said about set procedures and the lack of professionalism and the the the, the, uh, the shortcuts that were taken, I, I just think he was, you know. In the wrong place in the wrong time, as they say.
3: I'm going through a bunch of different stuff. Hey, Paul Krugman, I loved this. uh, This was in the National Review. Hey, Paul Krugman, why aren't you writing about Florida anymore? And they went back through the timeline of Paul Krugman, uh, columnist for the New York Times, and all the blasts he's had at Florida over the last however many months. And you could time... His article with any number that came out of Florida about deaths and cases and mostly it was about mask mandates and vaccine mandates and the stupid evil governor who wants people to die. And how immediately now that Florida has among the lowest rates of covid in the entire country and 80 percent of its adult population is vaccinated without mandates. Wow. um, Paul Krugman no longer has any interest in writing about Florida. But if you look at the big giant colored map, Florida is a light pale yellow, if you've seen those maps, just mm-hmm. like California. So California had all these mandates and lockdowns and all these different things. We all ended up in the same spot.
4: Wow. Well, as we've been saying for a very long time, you know, you got a couple of blue states over there getting hammered, a couple of red states over there. Well, the the, the corporate media said, look at those red states being hammered. Then when they switch positions, then all of a sudden, look at those blue states doing good. So
3: um, I got the COVID. My whole family got the COVID. I didn't know it at the time. I now know it. Um, and I'm over it. That's Did why you I'm eat work. any bats? <laughs> uh, I was vaccinated, so I didn't have it very bad. The rest of my family unvaccinated and got pretty darn sick. And there, a couple of them are pretty sick right now. But we've been talking for a while about this weird enthusiasm that some people have for vaccines. Like, I'll get it if it's necessary, but I don't. Like get a thrill out of getting a shot or something, and so a couple of weeks ago, when the was it the CDC announced that, um, at least at that time they said no need for boosters, and the reaction of the media was bad news. Isn't this sad news that they've said you don't need a booster? Why is in that a set- disappointing decision? Why is that disappointing?
4: I know. Isn't that a tell? Well,
3: the, uh, the opposite happened over the weekend, and I think this is really interesting. The New York Times headline was this. In a sweeping victory for the Biden administration, the CDC on Thursday endorsed booster shots for Moderna and the Johnson & Johnson. In a sweeping victory for the Biden administration. And uh, Stephen Hayes, the dispatch, retweeted this. Wait. Of all the ways to discuss this decision... Why would it be framed as a win for the Biden administration that we all need booster shots? Can someone offer a charitable explanation for this? This is the lead uh, in the New York Times. And it's again,
4: it's just weird. Yay! They say we need a booster. It's an entirely scientific decision. Why would they prejudge it and pick a side?
3: We either do or we don't. And if we do, then we ought to get one. If we don't, we don't. But it's not a win.
4: Well, For unless, anybody. unless, and I'm not claiming this. I'm just throwing it out there. Unless the Biden administration is just so pro big pharma, making tons and tons of money, they wanted to see a, a big yes on the vaccine, so they'd make more money. I just think it's just Bingo. weird
3: in love. With, <laughs> I think it's just just weird in love with masks and vaccines. whether you, you need the, it or not?
4: Did you see that string of uh, tweets going around of the people who last fall were saying, I'm not taking no damn Trump vaccine in my body. No way. Not unless you got a gun. You're going to point it. And then six months later, they tweet. Anybody who doesn't get this vaccine is a stupid person and shouldn't be allowed to vote. Please, everybody get the vaccine. Same people. There was a string of them. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I did see those. I did
3: see those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just hilarious. I hope I'm more consistent than that. I think I am. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then one more thing, apropos of nothing, that I came across. Somehow I just saw this YouTube video over the weekend. It's a Navy SEAL who teaches some sort of classes on self-defense or whatever. It's weird how YouTube feeds you various videos, right? And then mm. you, you click on them and you go down the wormhole. Anyway, um, his number one thing was, if you, if you think you're going to get in a fight or you are in a fight, number one thing, get away. You hmm. do not want to fight this person. Get away. That's the best thing you can do. And I thought that was particularly interesting coming from a Navy SEAL, because I know... Yeah plenty of hard-ass dudes who would never run away from a fight under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. His thing was, get away. You don't know if they're crazy. You don't know if they have a weapon. You don't know if they have eight people with them.
4: Get away. That's, That's the point. number one thing you do. And you can, quote-unquote, win a fight and do yourself grie- grievous damage, too. Well and he also said have he done to you.
3: He also said, if you win the fight, there's a decent chance you're going to get uh, your life suit out of you anyway. So, Wow. Interesting. I thought that was interesting. Huh. It was covered to us cowards who would rather run away, but... It is the smart thing to do.
4: So kick him in the junk, knee him in the face is out. <laughs> Run for your life is in. Kick him in the junk. <laughs> Punch him in the balls. <laughs> Charles Barkley. Hey. You know I don't do a lot of fighting these days.
3: Well, yeah, but no, yeah, you, know, you, you 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 pass the wrong uh, drug addict street person, and you might be in a fight whether you like it or not.
4: Oh yeah, yep, yeah, that is true indeed. Of course, my county doesn't like that sort of stuff like yours does. Mm. Yeah. What's not to like? Yeah. Oh boy. I don't even want it's too depressing. Do do we dare discuss inflation and the various people are saying watch out. L- this is serious. I don't know. It'd bring me down, it'd bring the audience down. Maybe we skip it. <laughs> How about this Grateful Dead T shirt from nineteen sixty seven sells for a record breaking amount of money?
3: How much? I'm, I'm going to be surprised.
4: Fifty million dollars. No, it was uh, seventeen thousand six hundred and forty.
3: Still awful high. Of course, you are crazy rich. That's what all these things are. It, it's all uh, it's all a function of how wealthy you are.
4: It was. Uh, it broke the record for the most expensive vintage rock shirt sold at auction. It's from 1967. Uh, an original. Uh, Let's see, it uh, sold for nearly twice as much as Led Zepp at Nebworth 1979, which sold for $10,000.
3: But if you're wealthy enough, and it would be kind of cool to wear that at the next Backyard Barbecue, because people would say, hey, where'd you get that? It's an original. If you're wealthy enough, that
4: is worth it. I think you'd hang it up so you don't pit it out or spill uh, ketchup on it or something like that. Depends on your wealth again. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, let's see another shirt from the collection. Also sold for fifteen grand in the same auction, becoming number two. Spring nineteen seventy-seven, dead tour stop at Cornell.
3: I want to know how clean it is because I want to wear it. I don't want it to have that gross sweat neck stain or the pits. Nah.
4: Sure, sure,
3: got to be somewhat clean.
4: Those little holes that on your belly that develop. How do those develop? I don't know. <laughs> Let's see, a Fillmore West jersey that was worn on stage by the band's organist, Ron Pigpen McKernan, uh, in 1970, sold for 21420 A lot of deadheads running around with cash these days, evidently. Oh, that is a pretty cool jersey. Wow.
3: So the two big infrastructure bills are still working their way through. The New York Times with an interesting signal for the way this might play politically. We can talk about that. Also need to tell you about needle spiking. It's not happening in the United States yet. It is happening in Great Britain. What is needle spiking?
4: Sounds like it hurts.
3: Ladies, you need to watch out for this. Stay tuned.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
6: With his economic agenda on the line and his credibility on the world stage at stake. This week, the president told his party, it's time to get it done. After months of party infighting, stalled negotiations and missed deadlines, a new sense of urgency from the president, now setting clear expectations. You
1: all never believed from the beginning that never ever get anything done. I think we'll get a deal.
4: What was that series of words in the middle? You ain't gonna really get really, anything done. at well,
6: care. How so...
3: The reason I wanted to bring this up is they're supposed to be voting, what, late this week or early next week or whatever, and it's still up in the air whether neither of them pass or both of them pass or how much they're going to cost. But I thought this was interesting from the New York Times. Their headline, it's all about compromise, and there's some headline, President Biden pushed for a big agenda, knowing he'd most likely have to pare it back, leading to disappointment that may hurt him at the polls. So... He was shooting for the moon like they were asking for everything. This is what I feared, by the way. Marked you If you marked my words, I mentioned this several <laughs> weeks ago. I think it's bad for the country all the way around. So he they shot for the moon like everything they've ever wanted, progressives. Free college, free pre-K, free everything for old people in health care, free everything. And they've had to pair back a whole bunch of it because Senator Manchin, for one, won't go along with it. And now the New York Times is saying, leading to disappointment. So they're going to get through the one and a half and two, maybe three and a half trillion dollars instead of six. And Democrats are going to look at it as a disappointment. And I have a fear that Republicans are going to look at it as some sort of victory. So you ended up... That the Democrats having already spent six trillion dollars of pandemic money, spending another three and a half trillion, and Republicans are gonna act like we really we have really fought them down to only three and a half trillion instead of the six trillion. I just think it's gonna suck all the way around. Democrats are gonna be disappointed. Republicans are
4: gonna be happy, both of them are wrong. Our children will be saddled with unspeakable levels of debt for of course. many generations to come. Right, right. Well, it's not clear to me at all what's going to happen. I was just reading a different piece in the New York Times how they, they really want to get to a vote before uh, the old man departs later this week for a U.N. UN climate conference in Scotland that begins on Sunday. And it's not clear at all if they can get past the sticking points between the centrists and the big-spending uh, Marxists. Well, so last week
3: it was tax the working rich. That's what it was going to be, according to the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. C- Cinema has, uh, Senator Cinema has introduced this wealth tax on billionaires. So it's gonna, they're going to go after the money with the 700 richest people in the country, only 700 billionaires, and take some of the money that they already have which nobody's sure if that's constitutional or not. No country in the world has ever done this sort of thing. Wow. Um, so that's an interesting idea. We'll see if that flies this week.
4: Her name is Kirsten Cinema, but her good friends call her Kirsten Movie Theater because I they know. have a left-formal left relationship. <laughs> i got to tell you what needle spiking
3: is. Now, it hasn't oh. happened in the United States, but it's happening in Great Britain. Women are reported being injected with syringes at nightclubs. Wow, it's kind of like spiking your drink, but instead of doing that, they're just jabbing you with a needle, and it's oh real. wait a minute, it was but did the New- you notice it was in the New York Times. Yeah, people do notice. It's just like a ow, what was that? But you don't think much more of it, and the next thing you know, you you're all woozy. Oh my god, people are
4: savages. Yeah, not cool. That's brutal, brutal. Uh, barbaric! Getting, uh, yeah, that's another word you could use. Um, you know, getting back to the gigantic Marxism plan to turn us into France, the New York Times with some more analysis saying the Democrats have two options. Cut down on the number of programs... Or just pretend they're all for two years. They're temporary Mm -hmm. programs. That's a good note. Instead of five or ten years, say, we'll do it for six months, knowing that benefits once given are incredibly difficult to pull back. I I can't believe they haven't already gone with that plan because it's so easy to get through and so insidious.
3: What's going on in Afghanistan? MBS is the leader of Saudi Arabia. A couple of things for you on the way.
1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
6: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
2: In 2017, Nayef was arrested by Prince Mohammed bin Salman. A psychopath? A psychopath with no empathy, doesn't feel emotion, never learned from his experience, and we have witnessed atrocities and crimes committed by this killer.
3: So this is a dude that was on 60 Minutes last night with their big lead story. He was uh, worked with the Saudi royal family for years, and uh, he knows MBS, the current 34-year-old leader of Saudi Arabia. We've talked about this a lot over the years. If you don't know the story, one of the young princes, he just had all the old guard arrested one night. I mean, it's like flat-out Game of Thrones stuff, man. He worked behind the scenes, combined enough power, enough people on his side, and he had all the powerful people arrested one night and took over the country. And this dude, who worked with the royal family for years, says that well, M- he was
4: their intelligence chief. So, man, he knew where all the secrets, all the bodies were buried.
3: He says that MBS is a psychopath. Um, and he also thinks that now that he's out and about talking about it, he lives in Canada now. Um, he thinks he's probably on the list to be hit soon
2: he received a warning. A friend in a Middle Eastern intelligence service said another hit team was headed for Saad in Canada. And the warning I received, don't be in our proximity of any Saudi mission in Canada. Don't go to the consulate. Don't go to the embassy. Why? Say they dismembered the guy. They killed him. You are on the top of the list.
3: So remember, MBS, it is believed, ordered the killing and then bone sawing of uh, Khashoggi, the Washington Post reporter in Turkey. And this dude that was on 60 Minutes last night believes a team was coming for him in Canada, but Canada caught them ahead of time. And then he got all teared up later in the show saying, oh, they're going to kill me someday. It's just, I, I know they're going to kill me. It's just a matter of time.
4: Well, and the Saudi authorities took his kid and his son-in-law oh, yeah. and are torturing them.
3: Brutal. But uh, it's, just, it's just worth noting, whenever you hear about this MBS guy, who runs Saudi Arabia? He's a psychopath. He's a murderous oh. psychopath. But that you know, all, some almost all those people in the Middle East have been, yeah. So, yeah. so, so you know, dude that was run in Egypt before uh, the Arab Spring, he was a psychopath. Saddam Hussein was obviously a psychopath. The Ayatollah, a um,
4: couple the, of generations of Syrian leadership,
3: yeah. The Supreme Leader Assad, all they're all psychopaths that have no problem with killing people. So I don't see how this is like that. Um, groundbreaking a story. And Saudi Arabia is on our side more or less against Iran. So, okay, we got our psychopath. Uh, Russia and China have their psychopath. Yeah, yeah the I think was.
4: There, there was a, a hope for a while that the Saudis, our good friends the Saudis, who are so strategically important, would not be complete monsters. But uh, there's definitely a monster in charge now. The guys, like you said, Game of Thrones was a good comparison. He is brutally efficient. And the way he got power was pretty impressive. Well, speaking of dusty and bloody, the situation in Afghanistan, you're not hearing about it much. But the stranded American situation continues, and we're going to get to that in a moment or two. But first, uh some of the words of uh, the former, this guy guy's actually he's got a hell of a background. He was the United States ambassador to the U.N. under President George W. Bush and briefly Barack Obama. He was the ambassador to Afghanistan for a couple of years, ambassador to to Iraq. He was considered for Secretary of State in the Trump administration. His name is Zalmay Khalil Azad, uh, he was on uh, Face the Nation yesterday uh, talking about the situation in Afghanistan. Clip number 50, Michael.
5: The Talibs are a reality of Afghanistan. Uh, we did not defeat them. In fact, they were making progress uh, yeah. on the battlefield, even as we were negotiating with them. And the reason we negotiated with them was because uh, the militarily things were not going as well as we would have liked, we were losing ground each year. They were winning uh, the war. uh, uh, Slowly, but uh, uh, making progress, and for us to reverse the progress that they were making uh, was going to require a lot more effort.
3: I watched that interview. He didn't want to flat out say they were winning the war, but that's that's what's going on there.
5: Yeah, I don't. How uh, hot
4: to trot are you for Clip Fifty Two? I was going to sk- skip to Fifty Three about the Americans' right. standard. Yes, yeah, let's, let's do that. Fifty Three, Michael.
6: How many Americans
5: remain in Afghanistan today? Oh, we aren't sure. Uh, the, the The frank answer is because not every American, uh, uh, some of them are Afghan Americans who, uh, who have families there, who have uh, who live there. Uh, the, the, uh, it's uh, hundreds, uh, isn't it? Uh, I, I think uh, it's very likely that it will be uh, uh, in hundreds, but uh, we don't know. Okay, well, let's go ahead and play this
4: montage of uh, the statements from the administration. Uh, Fifty-four. And Is it. the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan?
3: Right?
5: I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan.
3: We believe there are still a small number of Americans. Under 200 and likely closer to 100 who remain in Afghanistan and want to leave. Americans should
1: understand that we're going to try to get it done
3: before August 31st. But if we don't, the troops will if stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. Okay, so here's Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska's response to finding out that there are probably 400 Americans still in Afghanistan. The Biden administration, as you just heard, the Biden administration has shamelessly and repeatedly lied about the number of Americans trapped behind Taliban lines. For weeks, their official number was about 100, and it magically never changed. As Americans slowly got out, the total number never went down. Now they say more than 300 Americans are still in Afghanistan. The Biden administration lied to hide the consequences of the president's morally indefensible decision to abandon our people in a war zone, this slow-motion hostage crisis and the administration's cover-up are disgraceful. Mr. President, bring our people home. Pretty strong from a U.S. senator.
4: Indeed, the State Department officially briefed congressional staff this week, told them it was in touch with 363 Americans in Afghanistan, and you can easily presume that they're in touch because they want to get the hell out. And nearly 176 legal permanent residents. So that is well over 500 people who have at least very strong ties to the United States who are desperately to get out. Not that weirdly fictional 100 number that they've been kicking around for a long time. Uh, Daryl Issa, uh, Sanford, uh, San Diego rather, uh, Republican has been hot to trot, uh, on this topic and has some incredibly compelling, troubling uh, stories of people he and his people are in touch with. Clip 55.
0: But our next guest is not giving up on his fight to bring trapped citizens back
3: to America, including a pregnant woman that's trying to escape with her husband and her father. She claims the Taliban is blocking her and even kicked her in the stomach. GOP
6: Congressman Daryl Issa joins us now with the latest. Good morning to you, Congressman.
2: And thanks for uh, bringing out the challenge we're facing with Nasria uh... she was kicked in a stomach but she was kicked in the stomach well after as she got through the first checkpoint where she remained for hours waiting for those people at the south point to supposedly come out and get her uh... it wasn't until it was clear that they'd closed, they weren't taking anyone else for quite a while that uh... finally she accepted uh... that she was going to have to go back and 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 hide in her apartment this was multiple trips and he describes how they're afraid to even call her on her cell phone now because
4: now that the Taliban is in charge and the Russians and the Chinese have moved in to help, they can easily determine who has what phone and where they are if uh, a number from the U.S. reaches out. So they're oh. trying to figure out how to, how to even communicate with this poor gal.
2: That'd uh, be scary. To, to get him out. And then there's the elderly couple that he's working on. Next clip. We also have an elderly couple They're, We're talking elderly, like in their 80s, uh, that re, uh, same thing, repeatedly went to the gate, waited at the gate with their blue passports and did not get in. So anyone that says that they didn't break a promise to the American people and leave people behind is wrong. Anyone who says that there aren't people stranded is wrong. These people were stranded. They did everything they were supposed to do, and they simply uh, were not a priority at the end. Remember, the president made an agreement and kept an agreement with a terrorist group that was responsible for harboring those who bombed us on 9-11 and then didn't keep his promise to the American people. So the idea that either military or diplomatic is going to work is hoping that a terrorist group uh, still with relations with other terrorist groups somehow is going to help us get Americans out.
3: Yeah, Biden made a cold, calculated decision. Remember that stuff from uh, Richard Holbrook's memoir? You don't need to know who, what any of this means. But he's quoted uh, way back in the day when he wanted to get out of Afghanistan when he was vice president under, under Obama. And then Ur- talking about...
4: Uh, oh, Biden was? Yeah,
3: Biden yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, remember, Biden is quoted in this book that's out saying way back then... And Kissinger and Nixon did it. They got out of it. There was all kinds of a mess and people dying, getting out of Vietnam. They, they didn't pay a price for that. So he's just, eff it. So he just had a very cold, calculated, yeah, it's going to be ugly. You know, you want to make an omelet, you're going to have to break some eggs. People are going to die. It's going to be ugly. But we're going to get out. We won't pay a political price. Let's go.
4: Yeah, I don't want to be all a- outraged all the time. But I think it's uh, it's notable that the American people have more or less moved on from yep. the story. And he there's was still right. hundreds of Americans being held.
3: He was right. Um, From a, you know, cynical, cold-calculating political perspective, we have moved on.
4: Yeah, yeah, troubling. What's not troubling, what is indeed awe-inspiring, is the very cool Let's Go Brandon Armstrong and Getty t-shirt, black with red, white, and blue print, that I'm sporting right now. Very popular, flying off the shelves. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go,
0: Brandon.
4: Yeah, indeed. Let's go to uh, armstrongandgetty.com to get one of those there. Um, uh, i think we might have hats too let's go brandon hats at this point i'm not sure we will have to check a darkish note
3: before we take a break they found brian landry's body while we were off so that the whole story's over right he killed her then he offed himself
4: yeah, the only thing is that the parents uh, joined in the party as a search, finally, hmm. and said, yeah, maybe uh, I ought to look right here, and they found him like 10 minutes later. A decent point. That
3: still is hanging out there is a pretty interesting tidbit. Did did his parents actually actively hide him, knowing he probably killed her, or what's going on there? Yeah, I'm still curious about that. I thought this was interesting. During the search for Brian Landry, they found five other bodies searching what? in various places. Yeah, searching around Florida, searching around the... Wyoming, searching around various places, they found five other bodies to to which one person responded. How many bodies are just willy-nilly laying about that if you go look and you find them? Well, clearly several. Yeah. Yep, they, they identified five people just, you know having the manpower to search a variety of areas.
4: Well, just for the record, I lightened things up. You made them dark again, so this is not my fault, I will tell you this. Do you remember that uh, that couple uh, down in uh, the Central Valley, like the Fresno area, who died uh, hiking with their small child and their dog, and it was so mysterious? The authorities did come out at the end of last week, I guess, and said um, uh, hyperthermia. It got so hot that day, they ran out of water, and they just died of the heat. They're a little mystified about the dog, um, but man, woman, and and, and toddler, just the heat. It got up to 109. They were at elevation.
3: And finally, I'll end on this. So maybe we can leave on a positive note. Check the forecast before you hike, folks. Before our final segment, which is always the best segment of the day. I went to the psychologist to treat my big ego. I think it worked. I'm feeling much better than all of you today. Huh? <laughs> Henny, Henny Youngman, take my wife, <laughs> please. <laughs> we, will, <laughs> we will finish strong.
6: Armstrong and Getty.
1: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
0: Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for-product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Tyler Boyd has it for a short gain out to the 34-yard line. Again, impressive coverage what,
1: what, by what, Anthony. What are you Avery. doing?
3: What are you doing? And that is going to force the punt team on. If you were listening, you heard Femi say, What are you doing? What are you doing? He was not talking to the players or the coaches. We actually had a fan who was trying to climb into the broadcast
4: booth. She said, I'm a veteran and I'm looking for a drink. Yeah, I don't serve uh, drinks at the game. I might make some cocktails at home, but this is not the right time or place. You just never know what's going to pop up or who's going to show up on game day. Well, some drunk chick tried to climb into the booth. Give me a drink. <laughs> Come on in, baby. You ever talked into a mic before? <laughs> I'm trying to just go through the stuff.
3: I got a lot of notes here. We were off for two days. I had the COVID, by the way. That's not the reason we were off. But coincidentally, it worked out pretty good with me having the COVID. Anyway, I got a bunch of information that I gathered. So here's a tweet from the Department of State. Our U.S. State Department tweeted out, Today, on International Pronouns Day, we share why many people list pronouns on their email and social media profiles. Read more here. Somebody retweeted that with the caption above it, China has space nukes. I love that. I love that. It's like last week when the Pentagon announced the first female four star trans something or other, you could have also had that headlined that with Did you read the story about that Navy ship in San Diego that sank? Caught on fire? And how bad it was handled by everybody mm. at every level? Did you read that story? Mm. Yeah. Now anyway, oh good news by the way about the trans four star general. You just yeah. you know, it's not that you can't do both, but you just wonder. If the State Department's putting out tweets like that, are you spending all your time on figuring how to get people out of Afghanistan?
4: Hey, State or, Department, what are the pronouns pronouns for the 363 people that are stuck in Afghanistan, desperate to go out? Or, or okay, just the 263 that are in excess of that 100 number you kept uh, giving us, what are their pronouns? So, the pregnant gal getting kicked in the abdomen by the Taliban, what's her pronouns?
3: So I must admit, I was clearly too blasé about the whole COVID thing. A year and a half into it, I think a lot of us are in the same spot. It's just like, we're, we're throwing on our masks because the store says I have to. Or the boss says I have to. I haven't been throwing on my mask because I was worried about COVID for a year. And I felt a little under the weather a week or so ago. Didn't even, it didn't really cross my mind that I might have COVID. And then, I suppose stupidly in retrospect, my son had a really bad cold. Didn't even really cross my mind that he might have COVID, but the school makes you get a COVID test before you're allowed to return. So I got him a COVID test and he had the COVID. Mm. I, I wouldn't have gotten him a COVID test. Otherwise, I would have just sent him back when the cold was over. So, I don't do with that information what you will. Had you not read
4: about the symptoms or
3: heard about them? I don't know. I don't know. How many times have you felt a little under the weather in the last year and a half? I have a bunch of times. Yeah, I and, haven't and had allergies. like coldy, fluy And uh, allergies have
4: been killing me. Ah, yeah. See, that's, that's, uh, that's and a thing. My,
3: and my kids.
4: Mm. Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty are brought to you today by... Two ominous notes Separated by six octaves
3: and myself, Anyway, my whole family got the COVID Both my kids Their mom, me
4: Here's our host for final thoughts, Joe Getting. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, our technical director pressing the buttons in the control room, Michelangelo, final thought.
6: Yeah, it's starting to rain in a lot of areas and remember during rainy weather, you honk your horn every 50 feet when you drive. Yep. And of course, you stick your left leg out the driver's window at the driver's door to make yourself
5: visible to other drivers. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
4: All right. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. He has a final thought for us. Alex? Uh, my fiance is really big into gardening, and she
3: repotted a plant back in June, and there's been a pile of dirt sitting in the backyard since then, and I've warned her every weekend, take care of that before it rains. Well, it rained this weekend, and now I have a muddy
4: backyard. Mm, so a little radio high, told you so. Mm-hmm. That'll help the relationship. Uh, Jack, you're the co-host. Do you Com- have
3: a final thought? Combining politics and sports, I think it's hilarious that there are going to be at least... Two world series baseball games in atlanta whether mlb likes it or not you remember they canceled the all-star game because of the jim crow on steroids rules in georgia we can't allow it <laughs>
4: now you have to have the world series there yeah move the 10 millions of tens of millions of dollars of revenue from majority black atlanta to lily white denver way to go major league baseball you're a freaking hero. Speaking of that sort of thing, the transgender activist gal behind the fizzled out walkout at Netflix over the Dave Chappelle thing. We've posted at armstrongandgetty.com a link to all of the incredibly racist tweets she's unleashed through the years. It's quite entertaining. Not safe for work or anywhere else. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thanks so little time go to armstrongandgetty.com. Pick yourself up a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. You can email us a uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com.
3: We will see you tomorrow. God bless America.
6: I'm strong and it. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. No! Blah, blah, blah. Words.
2: This is a mess.
6: You dare to dance in the path
0: of greatness. And boom goes the dynamite. Go
2: away! Yeah. Oh, so uh,
0: let's go out with a bing.
3: I had the COVID. I'm now calling it the, the Fauci China flu or I got to throw communists in Fauci fever?
4: How about General Fauci's hot and sour flu? I'm still working on it. There's not much I can do about that. Thank you all very much. Armstrong
6: and Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.